Okay, praises be to our loving Father that we are again gathered to be able to study His words and His commands. And the topic for tonight is going to be about salvation. Of course, this is very important and critical because we all want uh, to be saved. And there are many religious teachers today who center their teaching about salvation in John chapter 10, in particular John chapter 10 and the verses 9. Now, this topic actually came from uh, one of our viewers and one of our viewers was being debated concerning the topic of John chapter 10 and the verses 9 and about what we teach concerning salvation here in the Assembly of Yerusha. And so this is what is was submitted to me. Um, that's in Tagalog on the left. That's the original. Um, that's the Tagalog version. And then I translated it to the best of my ability um, to English. And so I put both there so that you can kind of test my translation skills. Perhaps it's not the very best. What you have there anyways to compare and contrast anyways to the best of my ability this is how i translated the tagalog question and it's the following in english i have an important question for you which i hope you can answer or if not at least think for yourself and so one of our viewers a member of the assembly of yahusha is being asked this question from someone who's not a member of the assembly and they're contesting our beliefs concerning salvation and so he or she is asking him about salvation and so he says i have an important question for you the member those who are with us, uh, the one who is with us in the assembly which i hope you can answer or if not at least think for yourself but before you answer you might want to ask this question to mr rolando Giza. that happens to be me my nickname is brother john right but my real and legal name is rolando Dizon jr so ask this question to mr rolando Dizon jr in your fellowship uh, what is your teaching or doctrine concerning salvation? Do they also teach you the way to salvation that was taught by the Lord Jesus Christ? Does Mr. Dizon teach that a person must become a member or enter the flock, which is the Iglesia Christa? Or are they teaching that they should join your fellowship? If one must join your fellowship to be saved, where in the Bible can we find the passages that say that the Lord Jesus is teaching that people should join or become a member of your group uh, to be saved? And so... There are several questions presented here, and we're going to do our best to answer all of them because of the length of discussion and the amount of information, the amount of thinking that we need to do. We cannot possibly do this in just one sitting. So there are several parts uh, to this, this episode, to this question. But here are the questions that were posed. Uh, what is your teaching or doctrine concerning salvation? I think that's something we need to present and teach to the people, right? Do they also teach that the way to salvation that was taught by the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course, we do. Otherwise, we would not be called the Assembly of Yahusha. Does Mr. Dizan teach that a person must become a member or enter the flock, which is the Iglesia Nicristo? So the question is, for one to be saved, do you have to be inside the Iglesia Nicristo? Or are they teaching that they should join your fellowship? If one must join your fellowship to be saved, well, where does the Bible say that? Where does the Bible say Assembly of Yahusha? You need to be in their fellowship to be saved. So these are the questions we're going to attempt to answer in our BQA today and the succeeding ones, because this is important because it concerns salvation. So when it comes to salvation, uh, the person who's asking this question is asking from the vantage point of a member of the Iglesia Ni Cristo. Now, I used to be a member of the Iglesia Ni Cristo, the church that came from the Philippines, which emerged in 1914. I used to be a minister of the Iglesia Ni Cristo. And before I go on 
in this study, I just want to say I have many friends and many loved ones who are inside the Iglesia de Cristo, and we have nothing personal against the members of the church. They have good doctrines, but not all I believe in and adhere to. And so one of the things or teachings that I do not adhere to is the INC, Iglesia de Cristo doctrine concerning salvation. Now, I used to believe it, but now after studying the scriptures deeper, I don't believe it anymore. And so what is the official stand? of the Iglesia de Cristo concerning salvation. In the uh, website incmedia.org, this is their official stand concerning salvation. The church and salvation, the Iglesia de Cristo believes that membership in the Church of Christ is the only means to man's salvation in the Christian era. All men need salvation for all men have sinned, hence all of mankind should die in the lake of fire, the wages of sins, uh, Roman, Romans 5, 12, 6, 23, Revelation 20, verse 14. For man uh, to be saved, he should enter in by Christ by becoming a member of his body or church. John chapter 10, verse 9, Corinthians 12, 27, Colossians 18, because it is his church that Christ will save, Ephesians 5, 23. Christ will not save anyone outside the church of Christ or the Iglesia de Cristo, which is their organization, the one that came from the Philippines in 1914. Because if you are outside the Iglesia de Cristo, that was registered in 1914, it would be against the law of God for you to be saved by the Savior. And so based on this official stand, there's several things that we can kind of look into and test to see whether or not it's true. First of all, they do mention that you need to be in their church their institution, right, their registered church, the Iglesia de Cristo, which emerged in 1914. So it's the only means for man's salvations. And if you are outside the Iglesia de Cristo, according to their stand, you will not be saved. And so you need to, you need to be in their registry. You need to be a member. So for them, salvation is about membership in a particular and specific church, which according to them is their church, of course, the Iglesia ni Cristo, and they base this with uh, what uh, they say is what one needs to do to be saved, which is to enter in by Christ according to John chapter 10, and the verse is 9. And so having said that, let's go back to the question that was posed. We will begin this series by answering first this specific question. Does Mr. Dizon, that's me, Teach that a person must become a member or enter the flock, which is the Iglesia Ni Cristo. So for this person asking the question, membership in the church is needed for salvation. For him or for her, salvation is all about membership in the right church or in the right group or fellowship. And for him or for her, this right group or fellowship is the Iglesia Ni Cristo because it is the flock. So you enter the flock, which is the Iglesia Ni Cristo, to be saved. Now let's go ahead and test this. I used to preach this because I used to be a minister of the Iglesia de Cristo. And this is what we used to do to present the message of salvation to people. We would go with John chapter 10, verse 9a. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And so we ask, do you want to be saved? People will say, yes. Well, how can we be saved? Yahusha says, or the Christ says, he is the door. And so for one to be saved, you need to enter by him to be saved. And so if you enter by Christ, who is the door, 
how can we identify if you have already done so? And then they go to John chapter 10, verse 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So after going from John chapter 10, 9, they jump to John 10, 16, and say those who have entered Christ as the door, they are now inside the flock of the Lord Yahusha Christ. And then they go to Acts 20, 28. Well, wait, what is the flock? Acts 20, 28. And of course, they're going to make sure to read the Lamza version. Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers to feed the church of Christ, which he has purchased with his blood. And so that is the sequence of verses that they use to send the message that for one to be saved, you need to be in the Iglesia Ni Cristo. You need to be a member of that particular church because they say the flock that you must enter in, according to John chapter 10, verse 9, is the church of Christ. What is that in Filipino? Iglesia Ni Cristo, which he has purchased with his blood. However, when we look at the, the sequence of verses, can we logically conclude that when Apostle Paul was speaking about the Church of Christ here, that the Church of Christ referred to there is the Iglesia de Cristo that emerged in 1914? No, because Apostle Paul, when he was speaking about this passage, he was speaking in the first century. There was no Iglesia de Cristo yet, right? This is why when it says Church of Christ, it does not refer to the Iglesia de Cristo from the Philippines, which emerged in 1914. Apostle Paul wrote Acts 20, 28 in the first century. Iglesia de Cristo emerged only in 1914. This is why when Apostle Paul said Church of Christ is not referring specifically to just the Iglesia de Cristo or Church of Christ. What was he referring to? He was referring to all the flock. Because Apostle Paul knows that the flock consists not just of organizations in the first century, but onwards until the very last day. In totality, they would represent the Church of Christ. So the Church of Christ represents all the sheep, not just the sheep from different time periods or different local congregations. But all the flock represents, according to the Holy Scriptures, it does not re re refer exclusively to the Iglesia de Cristo, but to all who have become sheep of Christ. Because when you think about it, if the Church of Christ right there, right, is referring to the Iglesia de Cristo, which emerged in the Philippines, then that means when Yahusha said, enter into the flock and be saved, and the flock is the Church of Christ in the Philippines, then how were the people back in the first century going to be saved? Do you see the contradiction? Wait a minute. The Church of Christ, Apostle Paul mentioned here, is about the Iglesia and Christa from the Philippines. And Yahusha said, enter the flock. It's referring to the Church of Christ in the Philippines. Well, then those who entered the Church of Christ in the, in the first century, that's a different church then. How can they be saved? And so it doesn't make sense. It is not referring to the Iglesia de Cristo in 
the Philippines. All the flock does not refer exclusively to the, to the Iglesia de Cristo, but to all who have become sheep of Christ. You see, salvation is not about entering or becoming a member of some group or some specific church or institution. It is about becoming sheep of Christ. And for one to become sheep of Christ, it's not about entering into a specific institution or group it's about following the shepherd because to become sheep means you follow a shepherd but if you follow the wrong shepherd then you're no longer sheep of christ but you become sheep of the one you follow this is why what is important is not the institution or the group what is important is the shepherd and you becoming a follower of the shepherd however when it comes to the mindset of many people today it's about becoming a member of some specific group this is why when we go back to the question does mr dizon teach that a person must become a member or enter the flock which is the iglesia de cristo we don't teach that in the assembly of yahushia you don't membership salvation is not about membership in some specific group in some specific religion or church no Salvation is about you becoming sheep who follow the true shepherd who is our king, Yahushua. But where do they get this idea that for one to be saved, you need to enter the flock. You need to enter a specific church organization. They base that on John chapter 10 in the verses 9. And so when we read John 10, 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and so according to them to be saved you need to enter through christ and when you enter through christ you end up where the flock and so the flock is the church and when they say the church they're referring to their institution or their specific group affiliation however if that is the case if john 10 9 is instructing us to enter a specific group or a specific church, then how can you explain the following passage? And we'll go in and out and find pastor. This is why when the Iglesia de Cristo presents John 10, 9, guess what? They don't read part B. They only read part A. This is why for many people, this is new to them. Wait a minute. There's another part to John chapter 10, 9? Yeah. And so when you look at John 10, 9, when Yahushua says, enter by me and be saved, if that means to enter a particular church organization, then why did Yahushua say, then you will go in and out and find pasture? Now, how do we explain that? How can we understand the meaning of I am the door, enter by me and be saved? What does that mean? When Yahushua said that, how can we apply this in our, in our life so that we can actually receive salvation well for us to understand the meaning of i am the door the meaning of enter by me and be saved and we'll go in and out and find pasture we need to understand the context right john chapter 10 verse 9 is a passage about an illustration or metaphor that our king yahushua used in john chapter 10 verses 1 to 18. in fact this is what i want all of you to do as homework read the actual chapter read all of Jap uh, john chapter 10 and for extra credit also read john chapter 9 
chapter 9, chapter 10. And when you look at 10, 1 to 18, Yahushua, in the middle of giving an explanation, speaking to the blind man, he gives a description of a metaphor, an illustration. And it's about the shepherd and his sheep. So for us to be able to understand John chapter 10 and the verses 9, we need to understand what it means for to have a fold, to have a flock, to have a shepherd, and to have a to have sheep. We need to understand the metaphor and illustration our King Yahusha used. Because when our King Yahusha used the metaphor or illustration of a shepherd and sheep, he was using concepts that were familiar to the people during that time. And during that time, there are many shepherds, there are many flocks, there are many sheep. Unlike today, especially in the Western world or in the United States, perhaps in the Philippines, many can relate to what Yahushua is talking about, about flocks and sheep and shepherds. But for us here in the United States, it's kind of foreign, foreign idea. And so we need to look at what it actually means. And so if we jump to John chapter 10, verse 16, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, then also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And so in the illustration that our King Yahushua used, he mentions fold, he also mentions flock. Now, there is a big difference between the flock and the fold. What is that difference between a fold and a flock? When we look at the Greek text of John chapter 10, verse 16, that's what we read. That's what we have. When we look at the word fold in Greek, it is aulis. It is the Greek word 833. And flock is poime, which is the Greek word G uh, four one six seven. So we have a comparison that we can do between the fold and the flock. Fold is ole, flock is poime. Now, what is the fold? What is the, the biblical definition of a fold? Well, if we look at the Strong's Concordance and Strong's definition and how it's used, we have the following biblical usage among the Greeks in Homer's time. It's an un uncovered space around the house enclosed by a wall in which the stable stood hence among the orientals that ruthless enclosure by a wall in the open country in which the flocks were herded at night a sheepfold it's interesting because when you look at the following uses in the king james version it is also using the word palace hall sheepfold and so when we look at how it's used in the Bible, and when we look at the definition of fold, it is a physical thing, right? It's a physical enclosure where the sheep are housed. That's what a fold is. Now, when we look at flock, what is the definition of a flock? And so this is an example of a fold right there, right? You see the physical enclosure? That's a fold. And it is where the sheep are gathered together for protection, for security. And whenever the shepherds would take out their flock, and when it's time to rest at night, they take them to a fold. And that's where they are gathered together. Now, when we talk about flock, what is the definition of flock? It means a flock of sheep, which represents the body of those who follow Yahusha as their guide and keeper. And so the flock basically represent the sheep. 
And so when we say flock, it is the sheep. And a sheep is a metaphor for the people of God who belong to Yahushua. So we know the flock refers to the sheep themselves, but the fold refers to the enclosure, the physical enclosure, the walled enclosure that houses the sheep. So the flock, the sheep themselves, the fold, the physical enclosure that housed the sheep. Now, when we speak about the flock and the sheep in terms of our understanding in New Testament and Old Testament times, what do they represent? In Ezekiel 34, 31, you, my sheep, the flock that I feed are my people and I am your God, says the sovereign Yahuwah. So the sheep are people. So when we talk about the flock of Yahushua, it is about the people the people and not the physical enclosure. So the flock represents the people of God who follow Yahushua, because Yahushua is the only way to God, and the fold is the physical enclosure that housed the sheep. Now in towns during the time of our King Yahushua here on earth, sheep from many flocks were kept for the night in a common sheep hole, overseen by one doorkeeper, who regulated which shepherds brought and took which sheep. Obviously, a shepherd cannot just leave the sheep out there in the land, in the field, right? Because there are wild beasts. There may be people who might steal the sheep. And so what did the shepherds do with their sheep? They took them to a sheep fold. They took them to a fold, which is a physical enclosure. And in the sheep folds, you have many flocks there. You have, for example, Greg's sheep. You have Brian's sheep. You have Elmer's sheep. You have Peter's sheep. But then you also have Yahusha's sheep. And so they all share a common sheepfold. They all go there, and there's a doorkeeper uh, that kind of guards the place. And in addition to guarding the place, he also regulates which shepherd has which sheep, because you don't want one shepherd getting more sheep than he brought in. And so there's a doorkeeper who kind of regulates all of that. This is what was happening during the days of our King Yahushua. We need to understand what the illustration is all about for us to understand the meaning of what Yahushua is speaking when he says, I am the door to the sheep. Okay, so a shepherd enters through a gate into a walled enclosure. And so they take the sheep at night to the sheep pen or to the enclosure or to the fold for protection, right? And so in the morning, it's time for the shepherd to come get his sheep. And so they go to that walled enclosure, which has stone walls. It's guarded at night by a doorkeeper, again, to prevent thieves and beasts of prey from entering. Anyone who would climb the wall would do it for no good purpose. This is why the shepherd, when he wants to get his sheep, which is temporarily housed in a fold, he goes there, and once he goes there, what happens? Now we understand uh, John chapter 10, 1 down to 5. This is what Yahushua says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of stranger. So it is Yahushua telling us the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. And so the sheep may be included in a common sheepfold, but when a stranger comes pretending to be the shepherd, they will know from his voice. They will not follow the stranger. Who will they follow? Only the voice of their true shepherd. So when the true shepherd comes, what is the true shepherd able to do? They're able to take them out of the sheepfold. And so that is what Yahushua is speaking about when he's talking about John chapter 10. He is the shepherd. He has sheep. At night, what happens to the sheep? They're taken into the, the fold. So when Yahushua is not present, they're taken into the fold. And there's someone entrusted to take care of that fold, right? And when Yahushua comes back, the sheep know him and they follow him. So Yahushua takes them out of the fold and he takes them where? He takes them to pasture. He takes them to the field so they can enjoy the freedom instead of being stuck in some kind of enclosure. Nobody wants to be stuck in some kind of enclosure. They enjoy the freedom. And this is how it kind of looks like. So that's the flock. That's the flock of a shepherd, right? Taken out of a fold. And out in pasture lands uh, for sheep, pens or enclosures were made with only one entrance. And so when they're out there in the field, there's still the danger of prey or danger of beasts that could prey on the sheep, right? And so sometimes the sheep feel afraid and they're unable to kind of feed and there's a lot of sheep. And so out there in the pasture lands, guess what? There are also enclosures or folds and the folds only has one entrance. And you notice what's missing in this fold. What is missing in that fold? You notice there's something that's missing in that fold? Yeah, it's missing a door. It has a doorway, but it does not have what? A door. And so who do you think is going to serve as the door to that sheep pen or that fold? Let's find out. The book of John, 10, 7 down to 9. Then Yahushua said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so why did our King Yahushua say, I am the door of the sheep? Does it mean that for you to become sheep, you have to go through that door? Yahushua speaking already to those who are sheep. Yahushua says he is the door to the sheep. And so he is the door to, to the flock. So the flock is already there. The sheep is already there. And because the sheep belong to Yahusha, who is the shepherd, Yahusha says, I am the door of the sheep. Now, what does, what does that mean that he is the door of that sheep? When we go back to the fold, remember, it's an enclosure that protects. It has only one entrance. And that entrance doesn't have a door. Who becomes the door? The shepherd becomes the door. 
And so what Yahusha does, or what a shepherd will do, when he takes his sheep into the, the sheep pen or into the fold, is he does so one by one. And so he guards the door and he lets the sheep come in one by one. He knows them by name. And so he checks out each sheep one by one for wounds so that he will know if one needs bandaging. And so as they go in one by one and all the sheep are inside the fold, what does he do? He lies on the doorway. That way he will know if there's a sheep that escapes. He will know if there's a predator that will go in. And so he acts as the door. And because he is the door, what is the sheep able to do? They're able to go in and out and find pasture. What does that mean? They can go in and out of this enclosure and find pasture. They can have provision. They can have water. They can feed off the land because they feel safe. They feel safe because there's a shepherd who is guarding them. And so after a shepherd's flock has been separated from the other sheep, when they go to the, to the fold, he takes them to pasture, right? Near the pasture is an, an enclosure for the sheep, which has only one entrance. The shepherd takes his place in the doorway or entrance and functions as a door or gate. The sheep can go out to the pasture in front of the enclosure, or if afraid, they can retreat into the security of the enclosure. The spiritual meaning is that Yahushua is the only door by which people can enter into God's provision for them. And so when Yahushua says, I am the door of the sheep, he's telling his sheep that he is the way to God's provision, which is also what he said in John 14, verse 6. Yahushua said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so when we look at John 10, 7 down to 9, when Yahushua says, I am the door of the sheep, he's not teaching there to enter a specific group or a specific flock because he's not talking about a flock here. Yahushua, in teaching, when he, when he says, I am the door of the sheep, he's telling his sheep that depend on me. It doesn't matter what enclosure you find yourself in. It doesn't matter which fold you're in. What's important is not the fold. What's important is not the enclosure. What's important? The shepherd. And in this case, the shepherd is the only way to the Father and the only way to life. This is why in John 10, 7 to 9, Yahushua is not teaching to enter a particular church in order to be saved. Instead, Yahushua is teaching that his sheep must depend on him to find protection, provision, and ultimately salvation. This is why Yahushua is not the doorway to the only true church, quote unquote. He is the only doorway to who? God. Those who enter Yahushua do not enter a church, they become the church. Do you see the difference there? In John 10, Yahushua is not telling people to go to a specific church. No, he's telling him, go to me, enter in me. This is what we need to do to be saved. This is what we need to do to become sheep of Yahushua. We need to go to him, not to a sheepfold, not to any kind of church here on earth. There's nothing wrong with belonging to a church. It's good that we belong to a church. But what is more important is that we go to who? The shepherd. 
You see, when we go to the shepherd, we automatically become the church. We become his sheep. We become his body. So when it says in John chapter 10, verse 16, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Here our King Yahusha is telling us about the work he does as the shepherd. What is his work as a shepherd? He's looking for people that will be brought together to become one flock. And the flock can come from different folds. So there can be many folds, but only one flock. Just like when you look at the, back in the first century, when you had many shepherds and many flocks and folds, when it comes to the flock, it can only be one shepherd, one true shepherd, right? And so the flock is identified with the shepherd. So the flock represents the sheep. The fold represents something else. What does it represent? Well, the flock represents the people of God, right? And we talked about the fold in terms of what Yahushua spoke about in John chapter 10. And we know it's the physical enclosure that housed the sheep. Now, what was the purpose of this physical enclosure? It's to provide protection and to provide care so that the, the sheep can be fed. And so it is to take care of the people of God. So the flock represents the people of God. The fold it is the place where God's people are cared for. And so there's an important distinction. To become a flock, you need to become sheep. The sheep need to be cared for. And oftentimes, they are cared for in places that we call ministries or churches today. That's the fold. But the flock is something bigger because the flock represents the totality of the sheep of Yahusha from the time of the first century up until the end, right? That's the, the all of the flock. But between now and between the time of Yahusha in the first century up until now, there's been different folds. And what is Yahushua doing? He's taking the remnants from these different folds and he's making them into his flock. And so what is the purpose of a fold here on earth? In 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4, I, who am an elder myself, appeal to the church elders among you. I am a witness of Christ's sufferings and I will share in the glory that will be revealed. I appeal to you to be shepherds of the flock that God gave you and to take care of it willingly, as God wants you to, and not unwillingly. Do your work not for me to pay, but for a real desire to serve. Do not try to rule over those who have been put in your care, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the glorious crown, which will never lose its brightness. And so what is the purpose of a fold? purpose of a fold is to provide a way to take care of the sheep. Remember, the sheep in totality, that's the flock. But the flock, I mean, but throughout the centuries, from the very time Yahusha established his assembly or church, up until today, there have been different folds spread out across time and space. This is why Yahusha says he has other sheep. The other sheep who were not yet in that fold, because in that fold that Yahushua was referring to were the members of the first century church. They were in the fold, but he knows there were other sheep 
What's the proof there were other sheep? Well, if you look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so that's also a fold. These seven churches mentioned in Revelation do not represent the totality of the flock, but it's a fold of sheep. So there's a fold of sheep and there's a flock. The flock represents all of the sheep across time and space from the time of the first century up until today. You see the difference between a flock and a fold of sheep? And so according to our King Yahusha, from the time of his appearing here on earth in the first century up until today, there's always been people who he's calling to become part of his flock. And so a fold of sheep is a part of the flock in its own structure, its own enclosure. A shepherd might separate the sheep into different groups to care for them better. There's one flock and one shepherd, but Yahusha calls his sheep from more than one fold, which is a group or structure of people. This is why the Bible speaks of remnants scattered in different places. What is Yahusha doing? He's bringing them together in one flock. But that flock, you do not call a specific that flock is not the Iglesia ni Cristo, because that flock is in totality all of those who belong to Yahusha, the totality of the sheep of Yahusha. But because there are certain people who misunderstand and do not see the difference between the word flock and the word fold. For example, the early Christian Bible translator Jerome, when translating his influential Latin version, mistakenly translated one fold instead of one flock in this verse, John chapter 10, verse 16. His Latin Vulgate reading is the erroneous foundation for a doctrine of Roman Catholic exclusiveness. In Jerome's version, uh, Yahusha seems to be saying that there's only one organization because instead of saying one flock, he used the word what? Fold instead of one flock. And so when he used the word fold, he's speaking of that one organization. And the obvious deduction was that there could therefore be no salvation outside the formal organization of the Roman church. This became official Roman teaching. And there are others today, like the Iglesia de Cristo, who adopt the same thing. They believe the one flock is actually a fold which represents the one and only exclusive organization that you must be a member of to be saved. However, we saw that in the teaching of our King Yahusha, there's a difference between the flock and the fold. What's the fold? That is the way by which the people of God, the sheep who belong to the flock, are cared for through a ministry. However, it doesn't mean that one group or one church represents the totality of the flock of our King Yahusha. Who alone knows those who belong to him, our King Yahusha. This is why and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, and also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is the work of our King Yahusha. 
And this is also his work even now. This is why we believe Yahusha is bringing people together who come from different folds to become one flock. And in our next lesson, we'll identify those who are following Yahusha as the one shepherd. Why is that important? Because when we are able to follow the one true shepherd, then we become part of the flock. Because Apostle Paul, when he spoke about the church of Christ, which was purchased with his blood, it refers to all of the flock. And so the question I want to ask, the person asking the question is this. When we read John chapter 10, verse 16, another sheep I have, which are not of this fold, and also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Question I want to ask is this, because this will tell us a lot about their view of salvation. Question I want to ask is this, who is the one shepherd of the one flock in John chapter 10 to 16? And so I'm hoping that this person will answer that question before we go to part two of our studies, because I really, really want to know what they believe about who the one shepherd of the one flock is in John chapter 10, verse 16. And hopefully by next week, we can get some kind of answer from this person. And after Yahushua in John chapter 10, 1 to 18, gave the illustration about the shepherd and the sheep. Do you know what happened after that? Well, let's read 19 and 21. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and his man. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And so after Yahushua gave the example, the illustration of the shepherd, the sheep and the flock, the result was division among the Jews. There were some who believed him and some who did not. Which leads us to the question, what is this all about? Why did our King Yahushua use the example of a shepherd, a flock, and his sheep in the first place, right? That's what we're going to answer in our next episode. And it's very important because the reason why Yahushua used the illustration of a shepherd, sheep, and flock is because of what happened before that which is very relevant to why there is an assembly of Yahushua today in the first place. And that will also be the springboard by which we answer the rest of these questions. This is why you don't want to miss the next episode. It's going to bring such enlightenment and clarity. You're going to say, wow, it makes sense now. And this is for our next episode. That is our lesson for today. Let us all stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, most holy and gracious Yahuwah Abba, thank you so much because you have blessed us with the opportunity to receive the promised salvation and everlasting life. Help us to believe you. Help us to follow you and become your people. Our King Yahushua, you are our shepherd. We will accept no replacement we will accept no other but you. You are the true shepherd, the chief shepherd who cares for each and every one of us. 
May you bless our faith. Help us to grow in our faith and to become more and more like you every day. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. But we ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.